2: You're listening to a podcast from the word
0: now Woody game who's going first shall i go first because i want to go first i'm gonna go first. go on. okay think crystals think soulful pictures of scandinavian landscapes through mists think northern europe think new age new music. age very okay, good right. new age new That's age good. music Think new age groups, okay? New age tends to be uh, a, a genre dominated by solo artists, but there are there are groups, okay. Here are five. One of them was made up, okay. Here yeah, are go. Here on. Are five. Alpha wave
3: movement.
0: Alpha <laughs> wave movement. These are good. Yeah, go These on. Are good. deep forest.
2: Deep forest.
0: Emerald web emerald web
3: (laughs) i like the little whisper to refrain it's It's kind of mindfulness it's it's it's
0: ethereal jade egg jade egg wave star those five again alpha wave movement deep forest emerald web jade egg and wave star which one is the phony i over to you mark ellen
3: that is absolutely brilliant. Alpha wave <laughs> movement. That sounds real. Deep forest. I'm sure is real. As is, I'm sure is wave style. Do you know? I'm thinking jade egg for the simple reason that jade egg has associations with um, the kind of Gwyneth Paltrow end. That's
2: exactly people. what it is.
3: You bastard. That's
2: that really,
0: precisely what it is. I pinched it from Jay from from Gwyneth
3: Paltrow. All oh, right, I rumbled you. Started. That's absolutely
0: brilliant. Jade egg is a kind of I don't know. It's a love toy or whatever. It's a love toy
3: sold for kind of you know seven hundred and fifty five dollars. <laughs> oh god! Well, at least we're not getting into a conversation about the scented candles. That's fantastic, Dave. That's, that's, a, really really category. Category. Goodness, that's a really good category. It's good. That's a really good category. It's a good category. Well, look, I've got for you acts <laughs> who've used pseudonyms for secret oh. gigs. Oh. All right. Oh, that's a good one. Active uses Five examples for real. One is a cunning invention. Okay. So, did uh, did Iron Maiden once play a gig builders as the entire population of Hackney? <laughs> did the Libertines ever appear uh, several times, in fact, as Gums and Roses? Gums. Gums. Sorry, Gums and Noses. Let's get, it's right. Gums and Noses. Sorry. <laughs> the Rolling Stones. Once played secret shows, is this true? In Toronto and Paris as the Cockroaches. Jarvis Cocker once appeared as Darren Spooner in the band Relaxed Muscle, the sound of young Doncaster. (laughs) All right. And did Genesis appear as Squonk at the Marquee in 1976? And a week later as the Colony of Slippermen. So there you are. I made the entire population of Hackney. (laughs) <laughs> the Libertines, Gums and noses. Rolling Stones as the Cockroaches, Jarvis Cockroach, Darren Spooner in the band Relaxed Muscle, as I say, The Sound of Young Doncaster, and Genesis, a squonk, and a week later, as the Colony of Slippermen.
0: Well, it's a very good, very good thread, very good thread. I haven't a clue. I'm going to guess the Cockroaches.
3: Oh, what? It's made up? No, that's real. Oh, well, OK, fine. Oh, so, that's real. No, that's real. I thought I'd rather <laughs> give it away with the gums you're, and noses. You're, you're the winner this week, so who's the made-up one? No, the made-up one is Genesis, who never appeared as Squawk. In fact, they did have a track called Squonk. They did have a track. And they had Squonk. a track called The Colony of Slipman. I can't remember. I think they are on The Lamb Lines down at Broadway and possibly trick of the Tail. But they never actually appeared. They did appear as The Garden Wall, in fact. is not a very exciting <laughs> thing. But there we are. So, oh, you, so you're oh, this week's winner. I've
0: triumphed. So, yesterday afternoon, we're recording this on Sunday. Uh, yesterday afternoon, I was sitting there, I was multi screening. I was doing some work. I was keeping track of the football on one screen, and I was keeping track of CNN, uh, which is my channel of choice when it comes to coverage of the American election. Have you
3: been watching the CNN? First? The? No, I haven't. And, and everyone, so many people. CNN this have
0: just been <clears throat> brilliant. And particularly this guy, John King, who's their kind of stats guy, is the man in charge of the electronic map. And he has set new standards for kind of command of the facts and figures and, and coolness under pressure. They, he was set standards. The will resound around the world of broadcasting. And all these people will have to up their game in the light of what this guy did. I've never seen such cool. I've never seen such ability to be able to make calculations in its head while operating this unbelievably sophisticated touchscreen, which clear, which did everything they wanted it to do. Anyway, the weird thing about, uh, about CNN is that they're not just reporting the news, they're kind of making the news, because when it comes to election, they have to decide when they're going to call it. You know what I mean? And they were and, the first to call it, weren't they? Well, were they? I do not know. I just happened to be watching it. They probably were. Uh, you know, because they possibly have more resources. They probably have more boots on the ground than anybody else when yeah. it comes to a story like this. And so they'd been, frankly, they'd been kind of treading water for about 24 hours because they'd had to. And, you know, they'd been running over the same things. We're, we're waiting for the count in this county and so forth. and That will tell us a little bit more about the trend and, and where it's going and so forth. And then suddenly they switched without warning while well, I only had half an eye on the screen, to announcing. So you get Sting, you get the bling, you know, Wolf Blitzer appears there and goes, CNN is now prepared to project that the next president of the United States is Joe Biden. And there's a sudden graphic of Joe Biden and all, the, all, all this starts happening. And so the channel suddenly, immediately switches from speculation about, about what might happen next to acceptance that this is what has happened. And now it's loads of reflection about what does this mean for the country and all that kind of stuff. And so I immediately switched. I immediately went to the New York Times site, and they also had announced, you know. So I flicked round NBC. They'd announced. I don't know whether they'd done it like 30 seconds after CNN or what. I don't know. But, you know, the the result was Had he won Pennsylvania at that point? No, because he's. Because I don't think he had. No, he still hasn't. But they've been, you know, for the previous 24, 48 hours, they've been looking at the trend and they kept going back to their decision desk, who are the boffins upstairs who decide when it is safe for them to risk their reputation by saying, this is what's going to happen. And he had been explaining, chat from Decision Desk had been explaining regularly, well, we're watching for. The trend we as long as it stays over 65 percent, it cannot go back or something like this. And so,
3: they obviously reached a point
0: where I know
3: that's all the, agreed. I mean, lots of people,
0: because have if, you, that point. if you're gonna wait, if you're gonna wait until absolutely every last vote, oh, is absolutely, candid, you're gonna be late. Because the funny thing is, two minutes after I looked at the New York Times site, I look at the BBC site and say, BBC the, the, B, it. the BBC is prepared to announce, and I thought, Oh, come on, that's rich. The BBC is watching the same television as everybody yeah. else. Is. They're thinking,
3: well, if CNN have gone with it, it's safe for us to do so. Yeah, so exactly. I,
0: that's at uh, that point I tweeted that Smash Hits is now prepared to predict. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I don't see the point of watching uh, watching British broadcasters during an event like this in 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 contemporary in the in the communications universe we live in nowadays, where you know. The people nearest to the story are the Americans. on the Americans. To the Precisely. And you, and you can watch them just as easily as you can watch anything else. So why wouldn't you? I, I simply don't understand. So
3: it was... Um, it was so fascinating because somebody had to go with it first, and the only thing that could possibly overturn it is any of these spurious legal actions that Trump are there, is taking. Which are, none of which I, are going to amount to anything. I, the, I, the, I, the thing that excited me most, I watched so much this last night, was the idea that somebody said that Trump was now a flight risk. Are you following this? The idea that he he could just, because he could just get on an airplane in the dead of night and fly somewhere abroad. Well, I've got this romantic fantasy that he tries to live in complete anonymity. And I can't think of anybody less well-equipped to to live in anonymity in some kind of bunker somewhere to avoid the ruinous lawsuits because he has countless lawsuits, doesn't he? About the billions of dollars he owes, about his tax evasion. I mean, absolutely, all of which he he couldn't uh, be held to account over while he was the, the president of the United States. So he's but got that it, hanging over him. I feel sorry well, for so the where's um, he's gonna live. He can't he can't really return to New York, can he? I can't imagine returning I don't think I don't think live in Florida. Plan. Yeah.
0: The um I feel very sorry for anybody who's involved in the they're, they're gonna have a they're gonna have to have a recount in Georgia, aren't they? Because it's within yeah. the point. The yeah. Um, and so some poor sods are gonna have to you know, work for like two or three days or whatever, going through all this, even though nobody in the world, apart from one person... Only one person believes, would
3: possibly care. Believes yeah. And it pres- won't make any difference anywhere. Anything at all. And it won't affect things anyway. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, riveting day. And what, a, what an amazing India! A little tiny ray of sunshine. I got all these texts from various people. One of my sisters and my brother-in-law. You know, with a bottle of champagne. <laughs> it's just—it's so nice because people just can't quite process good news. We're not used to it.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a long way to go, I'm sure. Um, I mean, some might say that the best thing he could probably do is run away to Saudi Arabia, or you know. Anything rather than the damage that he could do in the next 11 weeks. Well, basically.
3: as he only did one term, of course, he can run for another term. So in four years' time, he could be campaigned to come back. So there is that hanging over us, um, too. Yeah, well, so. Uh,
0: but for the moment, you know, it's just nice to have one less prick to worry about.
2: <laughs> the Word Podcast, prime cuts of popular culture served fresh each week.
0: So we just heard that um, that if, if live music and live theatre returns uh, in next year, there's lots of exciting new things we can look forward to, Mark, can not there? Including
3: um, an Osmonds musical. An that's, that's, that's the pinnacle, isn't it? That's what we've been dreaming of. That's it's going to kick-start dream- the entertainment industry. Crazy horses, I should imagine it'll be cool. It'll uh, also yeah.
0: be presumably the Osmonds done by people who are not the Osmonds. So yeah. it does work, really, does it? Yeah, mean, Donny's still with us, isn't he? I mean, what can he, or, or is he?
3: Well, musicals yeah. traditionally are done by people who aren't the, the original I suppose, cast. I suppose, that is true.
0: That is true. Oh, I also read Alex is, is sending us uh, messages as they come in. That Steps are returning too. I suppose that you know, in this in this unique situation, you may as well just say no matter how hopeless you are, you may as well just say, we're planning a major world tour next year because you probably
3: won't be called...
2: Because you almost day.
3: certainly won't do it, but you'll certainly get the publicity, which yeah. is what you need
2: yeah, yeah, to keep yeah.
3: the old uh, back catalogue floating. I know. So in other pop news,
0: uh, very sad to note the death of Jeffrey Palmer. The oh, Jeffrey Palmer. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that is pop
3: news. What a great man. And What uh, a great man. And also, I suppose he would define the word Lugubrious, wouldn't he? There was a hang, little bit written about hang him, Hangdog. A bit written about him in the Guardian described his bloodhound face, jowly and yeah. still, and his hooded eyes, <laughs> and how he used to play figures of authority and moral rectitude. And actually, I don't think he was really like that in real life, was he? So imagine going through he your sure entire life acting, acting. No, you just you've you just you've adopted a role that is nothing like what you're actually like. It must be very confusing for people so the um the uh,
0: Danny Kelly and I were uh, were discussing him on Twitter, and um of course he's is associated in my mind with primarily actually with his marvelous appearance in faulty towers. Uh, where
3: that's my favorite like, faulty towers moment that's it? I'm going to remind you my favorite faulty towers moment of all of them is when they discover that the hotel guest is dead in his bed with his breakfast tray. And unless I'm entirely mistaken, Basil, Sybil, I think, Basil thinks it's because the kippers are beyond their sell-by date and the kippers have killed him. So he starts to try and throw the kippers out, that kipper out the window, at which point Sybil feels his pulse and, and and then looks at him again She says, he hasn't touched the kippers. And then Basil says something like uh, he's stone dead. He's 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 stone cold. He said, Oh joy, thank you, God, I'm so happy. And he starts jumping up and down because the man is dead, because he hasn't touched his skippers. At which point Jeffrey Palmer walks into the room, doesn't he? I think
0: Jeffrey Palmer is a doctor and yeah. uh, he's staying in the hotel. And he called upon. yet he's called upon to to pronounce the man dead, which he he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Jeffrey, with that kind of um, utter kind of realism that that characterizes the doctors as a profession, because they deal with life and death, and they have to get on with it at every at every moment. Yeah. then uh, returns to what he really wants out of life, which is he wants sausages. Doesn't he? That's his main thing: is sausages. He wants sausages. That's all he cares about. He's absolutely uh, insistent. He goes into, the, he ends up in the kitchen doing them himself. And there's a wonderful line. Aren't where he goes, carting the corpse past in a wicker basket? I, I thought you were a doctor. He says, I'm a doctor and I want my sausages. That's right. <laughs> God bless him, Jeffrey. Powell. God, that was funny. the thing Danny and I were, you know, remembering with great fondness was, of course, his wonderful... Um, part in The Fall and Rise of Reginald Perrin, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is, has there ever been a series that gave birth to so many catchphrases as The Fall and Rise of Reginald Perrin? You know what I mean? Have a nice day. I won't.
3: <laughs> That's <laughs> right.
0: And, um, you know, sorry, sorry I'm late. You know, uh, Lion's on the line at uh, Clapham Junction or whatever. And then the two, you know, when... Um, CJ, I didn't get where I am today without so-and-so. Yeah, whenever he had his two, his two kind of uh, toadies would listen to his ideas. What would they say? Both of them would say a single word. One would go great, and the other one would go super, and it just. Just, I remember that. Yeah, you know, I can remember everything about so the Fort Rise and original parents. Office conversation must have been so changed by that programme, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, and of course, nothing greater than Geoffrey Palmer as uh, as his brother-in-law, wasn't he, Jimmy?
3: Yeah.
0: Kind of down in his luck military officer. And um and he'd he'd um, he'd come round to catch food. And he goes, "Sorry, I wouldn't bother you. There's been a bit of a cock up on the catering front." Do you remember? Yes. The on the catering front. Yeah. i remember saying that at work for years. People yeah. going, "You know, have you got any food in?" No. There's been a cock up a on, cock the, up on the, catering the catering front. That's right. And he also, he also, as Danny reminded me, he is He uttered the line that still contains the two words that I still think would make the greatest band name ever. Which is Rum Cove Johnny Woman? Because <laughs> I still think Johnny Woman is a brilliant name for a group of either sex. It doesn't matter. It's a great
3: name. But is that a, where is that where they that came where from? That's where it came from. Rum you know, Cove Johnny Woman. I, I'm not sure if I knew that. I thought that was just something we'd invented at Q Magazine. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. No, it was Jeffrey Palmer in in Regional Parent. A Rum Cove Johnny Woman. No, just just
3: Rum Cove. Rum Cove, Johnny Johnny Woman. Woman. It's fantastic. All all four words are absolutely perfect. It's genius, absolute genius.
0: So that's David Nobbs writing, of course, but Geoffrey Palmer, we salute the great Geoffrey Palmer. God, he gave us some pleasure. Over the years, and, the, and what was he? Ninety-three, I think. Is
3: it? And it's interesting that that you know, when serious actors die, you know, people get into the most extraordinary contortions to express how fabulous they were. their art and there's never, uh, there's never that kind of level of of understanding uh, and credit for comic actors. I don't think. Do you? It's just yeah, not taken seriously. Hell, it's like the whole not thing sure. about the Oscars. How many, how many great comic actors have won Oscars compared to um, you know, uh, you know, the, the ones who. Have serious roles, you
0: know. It's just it's it, it's incomparable. Well, it's also it interests me that Jeffrey Palmer is the kind of person. And Jeffrey Palmer didn't always do comedy. You know, he would have done quite a bit of drama over the yeah. years. Um, but he 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 is the kind of person that referred to as a character actor, isn't he? Yeah, he was. You yes. look, and I thought it really intrigues me. What is a character actor? Really, I kind of understand, but I want to know. And I looked it up. And they said that the main thing that characterizes a character actor is they're not the leading man or woman. they're They're not in the lead, you know So all our all our kind of plaudits so always go to whoever is in the lead in the lead part as if their their artistry is consequently greater than anybody else. It's not true at all. It's just the, it's just the were way it? the drama is done. You know, so Reginald Perrin, Leonard Rossiter, God bless him, he was great. you know. Got, but got all so the credit. Were, so were loads of people in, in you know, in the Fallen Rise of Reginald Perrin. And going back to Faulty Towers, I've, I've droned on about this incessantly recently because it struck me again and again. It's the strength Towers. of the cast, isn't it? It's the strength of them all. They're phenomenal. Absolutely everybody who, gets on in front of that camera is trying to do the best work they've ever done in their lives, you know, and it doesn't matter whether that's John Cleese or it's or it's uh, Jeffrey Palmer or it's Burnett But it's Cleese that hired
3: them and it's Cleese that to some extent directed them but yeah, I mean, you're right. absolutely right, quite the supporting right. cast is incredible
0: <coughs> It's the strength of what they do and they're not trying to hog the limelight they're just doing what they do you know, they're yeah. just, they're carrying through the fast to its logical conclusion. There's so that's one of the great joys of if you want an excuse to go back and watch Faulty Towers, go back and watch it. I, I heartily recommend you do, and ignore John Cleese Brunella Scales and and Man, and Andrew Sachs. Watch the and major. Just, just watch, watch the Manuel. major. Yeah, yeah the well, major Ken, is incredible. Ken Campbell, where it, Campbell Campbell appears in the one where it's where it's Sybil's birthday, playing rather over jovial, friend of the family. God, he's brilliant. All those people. Eunice Stubbs is in that one as well. So many people pop through those. Those. Bernie Cribbins,
3: fantastic Crib- stand. Isn't
0: well, Cribbins can do no wrong. You know, yeah. as we as we've re- repeatedly said on this on this podcast. But
3: they do but- deserve more credit, those guys, because the Oscars is entirely about Daniel Day Lewis. That's uh, the kind of world it occupies. It doesn't yeah. by the world of the comic actor. No,
0: no, no, no. no. So anyway, um, in the absence of anything happening in the music business, which it's it's clearly not. Um it I, I thought we'd look back on records that came out this week 10 20 30 40 years ago okay 50 Yeah 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 go on okay So I'm going to go back and I've got a few. I've got a few beside me here. OK, so this week in 1970. OK, how many years ago.
3: That's 50 years ago. 50 it? years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, Can no, you no dice. an interesting pop fact. Does anybody know who that girl is on the cover? Uh, I don't think they do. The band didn't know who she was. I think oh, she was really? booked by Richard Delello. Was it who the guy who worked? Richard Delello was the way.
0: Uh, that was the question I was going to ask you. Who took the picture?
3: It was Richard Delello,
0: the guy. Oh, he the took house, the picture too.
3: He took the picture. He was the house hippie at uh, Apple. House hippie is the guy who wrote the longest cocktail party, fantastic cocktail book button. about Apple. But I'd, I think he just got a hold of her and took, I'm not sure if he even just saw her in some model agency or something. Like that. I don't think anybody knows who that girl is. The band had no idea at all. Extraordinary
0: button, Gene, Gene Marne and Richard DeLello joint effort, it's called.
3: And so what it, an extraordinary story, the development of that record, because, you know, they, 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 Jeff Emmerich had tried to produce it for a long time and failed. But, well, most it, of it but, is
0: produced by Jeff Emmerich. There's one track produced by Mal Evans.
3: I if Yes, Beatles, Beatles, Roadie. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But then after that, George Harrison came in, didn't he, for about a month? This was around. The time I don't the know Beatles
0: if it was on. it on this
3: one? Yeah, and then I think they got Todd Rundgren in for a while to try and please. Oh, it. was that a sure? later one? I think. Oh, was it? I don't think it was that one. I'm not sure it was. It, it might
0: be. It might be. Yeah, yeah. Beatles, be Beatles experts will be able to uh, be, will be able to um, tell us whether we're right or wrong on that. But anyway, so that's... That's fifty years ago this week. That the, so yep. usual, usual calculation fifty years before that takes us to nineteen twenty. Okay, <laughs> the Spanish flu is still it's Spanish flu is still kicking in. It's still around. Oh lord! And and then and then we go forty years ago this week. Forty big top twenty years ago this week. This came out. This
3: is Dirty Prince, Mind by
0: Prince. Prince's Dirty Mind. Which, I, I don't know this record terribly well, really. I mean, it kind of got overshadowed by later later albums of his that were big successes. But it is kind of extraordinary to me that that he belonged to the age of 1980. Don't yeah. I mean? Yeah. It seems like a long, long time ago for him to have been...
3: Ahead of the game. And a weird record all about all sorts of peculiar stuff, isn't it? Incest I, I've and told adventurous I've, shagging. <laughs> you know, I've told I remember Robert Chris wrote a review of it and he said uh he said it specialized in in full-fledged fuck book fantasies. He said Mick Jagger should fold up his penis and go home. <laughs> so well, he didn't, uh, <laughs> did he? No, he didn't.
1: Oh, no, no. So no, also
3: Prince who made there were 106 singles and 39 albums 30- in right? I can't think of anybody being more productive. That's astonishing, isn't it? About the amount of songs six. he wrote, I think 106 singles came out during that time. I mean, the number of songs he wrote, absolutely extraordinary. So so I'm going to jump ahead, actually.
0: Go I, I'm going to, because you talked about 106 singles, I'm going to talk about a group who made 27 singles that they all went to number one. And this came out 20... Oh, I've got this.
3: I got it here. Have you, you got it? Could that? it be that? It could. It's yeah. that. It's, yeah, it's yeah. the
0: Beatles, the Beatles number 1 or it's just called 1, wasn't it? Uh came out 20 years ago this week. Um which contains as it says on the on that little sticker on the cover 27 uh, number
3: one singles on one CD. I don't think I've ever played it. Really, it's Have a fantastic. Play it? I play a lot. It's fantastic. Do you really? Because you get the really early stuff, you know, and you know what that's going to be, and, and it's amazing also that it took so long for it to come out. I mean, not till two thousand, you know. Um, but they, you also get Penny Lane, you get Eleanor Rigby, you get something, you get Come Together. I mean, that's so, but- an incredible compilation, isn't it? Okay, here is here's a
0: challenge to you, Mark. Ellen, what's the best track on one? Okay, we're both looking at the same record. Okay, you can only pick one. Yeah.
3: I'd be, I'd be tempted to go for Penny Lane, which I absolutely love. Oh, I love uh, Penny Lane. Uh, that's a difficult one. She loves you. I think is 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 fair, is hard to beat. Uh, I, Lady Madonna's fantastic too, although it's not clear. I'm
0: going to tell on. you what's the answer. Tell you what, the answer, the answer, because I know you're in the dark, Mark, and you know I'm here to just lighten your darkness and go tell on. you what the answer is. The greatest track. On the Beatles, number one is... Back after these messages.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is a junction in the Word podcast. It separates that bit from this next bit.
3: David Hepworth has posed the question, what is the best track on the Beatles' number one compilation? I think I know... Well, I I know the answer. Either Penny Lane or it's Help. Uh, There are lots of contenders, but it's one of those two. Go on, tell me the answer.
0: Now the answer, Mark. Uh, I'm so pleased to be able to uh, put you right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The answer is, I want to hold your hand, and do you know
3: why. Apart from the fact, it's because just, it's the record that conquered America. No, I don't know. Was it? Was it the one yeah, that finally well, changed
0: you yeah, form well, Was it? It was kind of that, and she loves you. Uh, finally, came out kind of end of '63. Yeah. Uh, in America and were huge and were yeah. the big hit records when they went to America in February 1964. But, serious, kind of serious point. I mean, it's a fantastic record. But the thing that strikes me listening to the Beatles is there was a period during which they were, they were making brilliant records that were made more brilliant by the fact that they were absolutely thrilled at how successful they were. And so you get this insane kind of you know it's like they all talk about football teams you know do they play well because they're confident or are they confident because they play well you know and, and you get this virtuous circle you just can't There's see where it is incredible it? energy
3: isn't
0: it it's Absolute, right, kind of crackles, uh, about my god we can do anything look at this yeah. We're on top of this thing. How long we'll stay on top of this thing? I do not know. But we're on a you know but we're, we're here a, and we're enjoying. We're on a it. Yeah. unicycle going over a tightrope over Niagara Falls, and we're just gonna bloody keep going. You know what I mean? For as long as it lasts, and and you get that for the first time. I feel even more than she loves you. You get that, and I want to hold your hand. That, that the way it starts, you think. The confidence with which it starts and flies to the finish, and uh, and that then animates you know can't buy me love hard days night I feel fine all those things that come after it.
3: So that's the answer. That's the Mark. answer. I still can't believe the things that we she loves you that they wrote that on what was it a Wednesday or a Thursday night I think while they are on tour, <clears throat> I think they recorded it on the Saturday. And so it's only two or three days old. Uh, they tried it out, I think, on, McCau- on McCartney's dad to see if he liked it. Um, <laughs> no one else had heard it, and uh, and George and Ringo hadn't heard it when they came into the studio and had me ready to record it. And yet, later that day, it was finished. Do you think that's extraordinary <laughs> that they'd heard that song for the first time, arranged it, and played it with yeah. that level of utter utter perfection? It's phenomenal. So
0: we were talking about that. So that was twenty years ago. Yes. Yeah. This- this week that that came out, and thirty years ago this week, which takes us to um, November nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. This comes out, which is the second album by the Traveling Wilburys. Called amusingly, Traveling Wilburys Volume Three. I'd only oh, noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> I think
3: so. that was just a hilarious George Harrison joke. Actually, it's, they should. The honest truth is, they should never have done it. Roy Orbison was dead, it's got no... I, I, does anybody remember any of the songs on that? She's My Baby, Inside Out, do you remember any of these songs? I don't. I don't really, no, no, no. But the tra- first Travelling Wilburys album is absolutely... I think came out in 88, is fantastic. It's a good record, isn't it? It's a really? really, really, really good record. And All sorts of mythology was invented about how the group came together. And I think what happened was that George was having dinner, wasn't he, with... with um, with Jeff Lynne and being asked to do another B-side for a track of his yeah, Cloud Nine yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and, 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 and Roy Orbison was there and he asked him to come to the session and then they said to Bob Dylan could they use his studio in Malibu and then asked Tom Petty if he'd like to bring a guitar. And so that's how they got together in the first place and decided, let's keep going. But, I mean, that's a fantastic record. But the, but the real kind of raison
0: d'être was uh, Roy Orbison, really, wasn't it?
3: Well, I think it is because you know George made a little speech, according to Tom Petty, on the first day to to, to Lennon, to to to, to 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 Dylan, saying, "Look, we you know we're all rather in awe of you, but you know let you let's all just you know play on a level playing field here." And uh, and uh, but Dylan's point was he was in awe of oh uh, well, he claimed to be in awe of them, but also in awe of uh, Roy Orbison. So the fact that Roy Orbison was there was from a different generation that they could all look up to. Was what brought them together. Don't you
0: think? Well, also, also, Roy Orbison, uh, genuinely unique voice, really. You know, absolutely. So it, it's like singing with Pavarotti, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. If you're a standard opera singer or something, there are some very few people come along that, who have an instrument like Roy Orbison. Yeah, had, you know, and. Uh, and you hear it, um, you
3: hear it on that first record. I might play that first record that later. Soaring it. tenor. It's fantastic. fantastic. But what great the first record, Handle with Care, Dirty World, Tweet and oh, the yeah. Monkey Man. I mean, that's a really good record. And it sold millions, sold three million in the in the US alone. Yeah. That's really yeah. incredible. Six hundred thousand in Canada. It's a fantastic record. So those are right. my completely non-scientific
0: uh, musical anniversaries for uh, to make up for the fact that there's nothing else going on this week. Although there was there was a story that we were looking at about somebody who had been signed by Universal Music, was it, about the age... I think they're uh, they're not even
3: born yet or something like that. How, how, <laughs> how,
2: <laughs>
3: the girl called Angelina Jordan. No, she's born in 2000. She's signed at age 14 to, to uh, as it re- Republic Records. She's a Norwegian girl. I mean, she's an amazing story. At the age of seven, she won a big talent contest in Norway. At the age of eight, she sang before... Uh, she sang What a Wonderful World at the Nobel Peace Prize ceremony. And when she was 11, she sang up to 40,000 people at a at a festival in South Korea. So she was already a massive star at the age of 11. Do you remember the old Peter Sellers' Best of Sellers record? Had a, had a track on it called I'm Oh So Ashamed about a rock star who'd peaked at the age of nine. Her curly hair is getting thin. It's all that all those women and wine. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a grand tradition, isn't it? Kate Bush was signed when she was 16, wasn't she?
0: Well, yeah, she she was, yeah, finally signed when she was 16, but she'd been around a little while. She'd been around a while. Be...
3: David Gilmore discovered her, I think, and made some demos with her. So she'd been around. And also the, the showbiz rock kid, Steve Marriott. Steve Marriott was uh, the Artful Dodger when he was 13. In fact, there's a thread. Rock stars were the Artful Dodger. Phil Collins was the Artful Dodger,
1: also when oh, he was 13. Really? Yeah, yeah. Davy Jones Co-
3: of the Monkeys. Phil Collins'
0: mother ran a stage school, didn't she? That's right, that's right. Um, and uh, it was, uh, Dolenz, I think it was da- David it was Jones, yeah, David Jones was the Arthur Dodger because David Jones was was the Arthur Dodger in the broad on the production of Oliver that opened uh, in the United States at the same time as the Beatles arrived, and so he was on the first Ed Sullivan show with the Beatles. So
3: he was, was. That's right. The same. That's right. He so was in the wings. I got the DVD watching, though,
0: you know, which is interesting because. Two years later he was uh, probably not even not even long as two years yeah ago. yeah yeah he was kind of doing an impression of, of them but so uh, no they, they they it strikes me that there's never been more um people who presumably have i mean they're highly motivated young people but they probably got very motivated parents that that get them on this ladder quite early and the classic ghost of this is taylor swift it's Taylor Swift's whole family. Oh, well, and she won a talent contest, didn't she, when she was about four or something? Well, and uh, they decided that Nashville was the place she ought to be, and they, yeah. they, they, they don't come from anywhere near Nashville. I think Dad was on Wall Street or was, yeah. he was in finance or something like that. And so the Upsticks and went to to Nashville to work with, um, you know, the factory songwriters to get her a start in... Uh, Incredible. Celine so Dion, of-
3: same sort of thing, would not it? When she was thirteen, I think she got a deal in nineteen eighty-one or whatever. And her manager, I think, remortgaged his house because he believed so much in her. I think she had a, she's a major, she had a major hit when she was about thirteen or fourteen years
0: old. I mean, it's a statue. You know what they always but, say in the world of tennis? where if you're looking for the next, you know, uh, Steffi Graf or, or Serena Williams or whatever, don't look for talent. Look for mad parents.
3: Well because it's the yes. mad parent who gets it's, them. There. It's absolutely true. It's the yeah, it's the Jenny Murray who you know, if it's unkind to call a
0: man. Oh, Gen- no, Jenny oh, Murray is well, Jenny Murray's a tennis pro, you know, so she kind of understands the business. She's got an excuse. But people like Richard Williams or Monica Stelish's father or, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Know, Andre Agassiz's father. Go yeah. and read Andre Agassiz's autobiography about how his father built a tennis court. In the backyard in Las Vegas, and he knew nothing about tennis at all. But he just decided his son was going to be a top tennis player. Yeah, yeah, and was. But at what a cost to Andre Agassi, but um, um, who ended up who ended up marrying Steffi Graf because you know he marries somebody who's went gone through the same thing. Yes, he understands it. Yeah. You know, so but still uh, leading
3: the way on the on the on the starting early stage. Surely, surely, it's Michael Jackson, isn't it? Wasn't he six when he joined the Jackson brothers? He, would, Incredible. I think he was touring I think. the Chitlin circuit when he was eight. I mean, that is just ridiculous. There's a driven father for you. Yes.
0: Yeah, they're not going away, are they? There's, uh, there's kind of, uh, this kind of setup. We shall see more of this in the future.
2: The should... Word Podcast. Fix yourself a drink and it's like being in the pub.
0: Well, it's time for any other business. We're joined by Alex Gold. Hello, Hello Alex. How's the weather up there?
2: Actually, just as he said that, the sun came out. Good. Thanks, Dave. It's as it has well. for
3: Dave. Dave, you're in a patch of sunlight as well. I, I nearly wear we sunglasses.
0: Are? I know. Yeah, let's hope it lasts all day. Um, so what have we got what what have we got going on, Alex, to tell people about?
2: Well, we have a, a crowdcast event. We
0: do on Tuesday, Tuesday, don't we? We do, you're absolutely
2: right. Yes. Uh, is it the Ten CC book?
0: It is. Yes. Where are we? Yes. Here it is. Liam,
3: have you got it there? Yeah, it's Liam Newton. Liam uh, Newton talking about the talking worst about ten- band in the world is the title of the book. It's. I'm the- looking forward to this. I'll be good on Ten CC. <laughs> um, no, no great f- fondness I feel, and that's something that should should be rectified because yes, they were you should. They she made should. a lot of fantastic records. Yeah, absolutely. there isn't that kind of there isn't that kind of massive fan base sort of uh, affection for them. Well, to and, be discussed. But they, they did all so many
0: things, you know. It's extraordinary, that book, how many different people and eras and genres fit yeah. across its pages, you know. Yeah, they, absolutely. They absolutely did everything. I'll be able to get my Hot Legs album out for that. I've got Have you got the album. album? I've got the Hot Legs album. Well, with album. Neanderthal Man. With Neanderthal Man. Oh, it's, goodness. It's called Thinks, School Stinks. <laughs> uh, it's a kind of uh a beano joke i suppose so that's coming up and if you're a patreon uh supporter you'd be able to be in the room for that yep. conversation which takes place on tuesday night i think that's right it's on know. tuesday night
3: seven o'clock absolutely yeah uh what else
0: is coming up we've got the uh the uh the the weekly quiz quiz o'clock which is now accompanies the kind of cocktail hour on a Friday evening, doesn't it? It kicks off at six o'clock and it's entered a bold new uh, dimension, hasn't it? By the introduction of of picture clues now, in addition to the usual written clues. And uh, so we get more and more people every week joining that. And, uh, you know, if you win... Bring your own crisps
3: and uh, and, uh, woolly ale. Bring your
0: own old English cider and Walker's crisps. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know if you do well enough, you may even get onto Alex's famous leaderboard. Yeah, remember who is currently topped by Alex? I think we've got a new leader, haven't we?
2: There are actually there there are two joint two yeah. people That's jostling it. on on the gold podium at the moment. Um, All right, it's Matt Button who's been he's been number one for. I think about fifteen weeks. Oh, what um, he's taking a lot of deposing, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think it looks like his reign could be nearly over. Well, Andrew Slattery is, is yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. the plate. He's the coming force. John yeah. Kinderman has made a glorious return to the to the third third spot. It's an it's an exciting time. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Next, so
3: it's an time in Friday night quizzes.
2: <laughs> so if
0: you're a patreon supporter, obviously you'll be able to you'll be able to join that and uh, and avail yourself of loads of other things. You'll be able to see everything that we do and hear everything that we do before anybody else hears it. Absolutely like, just about everything. Uh, and some and over the next week we're launching our list of the best music books of the year which will hopefully be full of some suggestions if, if you want to put that in 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 front of a of a relative who might buy you something for relative Christmas.
3: thinking about Christmas thinking yes. about Christmas
0: and then we're also going to record little videos where we talk about each of each of those books uh we're doing our usual word in your attics which are going from strength to strength uh who we had over the last few weeks where uh, people yeah, Chris great, one with Christopher. Christopher, what a great shed! Apart from anything, else. absolutely the right. world's most enviable no, shed. No, shed no, yes. Ideal, no, ideal sausage. shed. Shed and Garden magazine would have surely been beating a path to his. Uh, and
3: Stuart Bailey, we had a fantastic one. Stuart Bailey talking about his Van Morrison album. Absolutely, Van Morrison book. Uh, Van, uh, Van Morrison
0: well. book yeah uh we've had over the last few weeks who we have we have billy Bragg, of course right. it's all there it's all there go on youtube slash word in your ear it's absolutely all there for you to enjoy but please we'd like you to take part as much as possible and to go and look at being a patreon supporter you go to patreon.com slash word in your ear and you find out what level you might like to get involved at is
2: there anything further to say, Alex? Yes, uh, I think we should just say hello to, to our new patrons. Oh, right. Oh, course. go on. Yes. This week uh, Simon Hemsley, the great uh, Simon Hemsley. God you, person. Simon. Uh, Doug Hopper, who is an annual patron. Uh, sorry,
0: here, give me the first name again. I missed that. Simon Hemsley. Yeah, the first, no, sorry, the first, the first name of the second person. Go uh, on.
2: Doug Hopper doug harper right Fine. Right. Right. hello doug right uh, it's an annual page and of course if you subscribe annually you get a hefty 15 percent discount so worth doing um, makes sense uh, and also blessed. if
0: you do it in time for your birthday you get the prospect of me and me and mark ellen coming down your digital chimney uh <laughs> that's uh,
2: right yeah, right rummaging through your record collection it's like row
0: very good fun yeah, a, we've done a special, quite a few of those. Special word in your attic, which we've done quite a few of those all, yeah. already. So you might like to think about those if you've got a birthday coming up soon. Anyway, carry on, Alex.
2: Uh, also, Martin Whitley. All right, Martin. Thank you, all. Thank you very
0: much. Nice, Thank nice you. to Debted. see you all. Nice to see you all on board.
3: And uh, nice to see we'll, you. See you nice. To
2: see you nice. This podcast was brought to you by the Word. <laughs>